0: Hey fam, welcome back to your favorite podcast. I'm so excited about this interview, but first, I gotta give you some tea. So, basically... Um, I am working on something very, very special. We have so many exciting things in the pipelines right now. It's nuclear anarchy. You guys already know, Eugen Volume 1 has been a giant success, huge hit um, in terms of just how many uh, people have downloaded, how many people have gone to um, Just It just keeps growing and growing. And I knew it would because that was the whole reason I created an e-magazine format like that. It was something that people could go back to keep on, you know, uh, referencing, keep on looking at, if you're bored, and you're at a spa, or you've got your iPad with you, or your phone with you, you can just browse through it, you know, you can shop brands, you can listen to episodes, so yeah, with all that being said, It's been amazing. What a ride for volume one. I mean, the outcome has been way past my expectations, and I'm so excited to announce that we have finally started really making some headway on volume two in terms of the actual um, digital magazine you guys will be seeing. We are now also confirming that it will be launching in June. I do not have an exact day in June yet, but just know it's right in time for all of those summer looks so i wanted to just give a huge shout out about that and i also wanted to say that skincare anarchy is at a wonderful juncture right now we are growing so fast i mean in, le- in like three years we've gotten just crazy amounts of love from you guys so i cannot thank you enough thank you thank you thank you for everything our sponsors you guys are literally what keeps our lights on we could not do this without you we have been counting how many sponsors um, there have been you know thus far for skincare in just the short amount of time we've been on air and we have counted over 80 sponsors thank you so much out of 430 episodes 80 people have invested and their time and money into supporting us. And so with that, I want to just say thank you. We feel so humbled and blessed for your support. And also for all of the brands out there that are listening, even if you're a small brand, an indie brand, you know how hard it can be for independent businesses to really kind of shine. And here at Skin Anarchy, every single thing that I promote, everything that we publish and put out there is completely independent. We do not have a huge media house over us and that's deliberate because I never wanted anything to hinder our content and I really really want to stress that because I think a lot of media right now is very shady and there's not a lot of transparency however what I wanted to create was based on these fundamentals of I want everyone to know what we're doing what our numbers are how well we're doing who you know listens to us who are we reaching and so I'm always trying to put those stats out there as i see them come in from spotify for you guys and you know i just really really trying to build this new wave of media where we are now you know aware as consumers exactly who the audience is and who is tuning in and what do they want to hear what do the people want to hear now with all of that rant um you know my real message here is if you are somebody even if you're not a brand or a person who wants to be a guest on the show please, you know, reach out, let us know if you want to help support our show. We will be doing a sponsors only section, um, you know, or sorry, sponsors only version of Eugene magazine, which is going to be, um, you know, a really, really great way to not only honor our sponsors that we already have, but also give you, a kind of a taste of what we offer in our um, sponsorship packages so if you're interested if you like what we do please reach out to us skincareanarchy at gmail.com or you know you can go to any of our link tree profiles whether that's through our skincare anarchy instagram or our skincare anarchy tiktok you can always reach us i would love to hear from all of you and i am now going to let you get to makeup monday thank you guys Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is your host, Ecta, and I am so, so excited about our guest today. I am a huge fan of hers, and I literally watch every single one of her videos on TikTok, as she knows, and I comment on them. <laughs> so, um, Without <laughs> further ado, I'm very excited to introduce you guys to Jaleesa Jaikron, who's a professional makeup artist. She is um, very talented in what she does. So welcome to the show, Jaleesa. I'm so excited and honored to host you.
1: Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited, guys. We tried. So long to make this happen. So I am so excited to be having this conversation with you. I'm really excited. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, no, it is such an honor. And yes, we did. And you know what? I w- we were just joking before the episode started, everyone, about how this the 15th time is the charm. So, you know, I'm glad that we're here. And um, Julissa, you know, as I said, I'm a huge fan of your work, but I really want to learn all about you because, um, you know, I myself have also spent time, you know, in the Caribbean and I love Caribbean culture. And I know you're from Trinidad. Had originally, and I would love to hear about you just, you know, you growing up and makeup and how it was part of your life, if you can kind of walk us down memory lane.
1: Oh, absolutely. So I'll give you a quick introduction first. Um, hi, everyone. I am Julissa Jaikaran. I'm a pro makeup artist and content creator. I am now based in New York, which is so crazy because I'm making 10 years this year, but I do have Trinidadian roots. I work um, behind the camera on beauty and fashion campaigns and celebrity talent, and then in the fr- in front of the camera, I create content driven by beauty education. And on my off days, I actually have a podcast called The Life of a Makeup Artist, where I center defining and rising voices in beauty, uh, not only about breaking into the industry, but why it's cru- crucial to create a future that's inclusive. Um, and I think it's just so important as a Caribbean woman to share those stories of, of the people that I meet along the way. Now, growing up in Trinidad, I mean... Honestly, I really didn't. The only beauty I was exposed to was my grandmother's eyeshadow palette that I used to get in trouble for using (laughs) um, because my grandmother, my aunts raised me. My mom actually lived in the U.S. my entire life. So I would be in New York um, and Connecticut um, and, you know, Canada and Atlanta on every summer and every winter. Um, And I just naturally had a liking to beauty. So I would get in trouble for putting on eyeshadow because, you know, in the Caribbean, you have to wear a uniform. You can't wear yeah. makeup. You, can't, you know, so I would always be getting in trouble for those things. But I didn't mind because I, I just wanted to have fun with it. Um, and eventually, like, you know, I always had an inkling and liking to marketing and advertising. So I was going to school while working. Um, distance learning you know how the Caribbean is it was a UK based school and I was studying at the time and my friend who knew I loved makeup sent me um, uh, and this is oh my god Aging myself, but it was a, a um, an ad in the newspaper that Mac Cosmetics was looking for people, new artists to work at their store, which was closer to where I was, um, where I lived at the time, and um, I signed up for it. I'm kind of making a long story very short, but I signed up for it. I was already kind of doing makeup classes and stuff, but I signed up for it. Heard back the next day, and kind of the rest is history. I started working for Mac for like a year and a half, and then I transferred to New York working at JFK for some time, assisting other makeup artists, and yeah, started doing my own thing, but there was never really um, any really established schools, like accredited schools in Trinidad, so I kind of was just bopping around, trying to find my way, Um, I even, like, I didn't have any money, so I signed up to be a model in different classes, so yeah, I, I mean, I I know you're you have more questions, but that's just the, the the gist of my story and how I got started. It was just really just a liking to makeup. I didn't really think, you know, back in 2010 2011, is I didn't have a a a, 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 a the foresight to be like, yeah, I'm gonna be a makeup artist one day because I didn't see anyone around me doing that
0: yeah yeah no I mean it's a it's a really hard journey from what I've heard from like you know other guests I've hosted I mean honestly I love what you said though that you know you you feel it to be so important because of you know being a black woman being from the Caribbean to share that journey I mean it I completely agree with you and it's very difficult I think for women of color in general but especially when you're coming um from a different angle you know it's like people are very like stuck in their ways and and that's why I asked you about you know how makeup was a part of your life growing up because I can definitely relate to what you said which is you know it's I used to also get slapped on the wrist for putting on you know blush or lipstick or whatever but it was just you know I think as women of color we have this commonality you know in that we're not really allowed to wear makeup growing up so like you know it's when you do experiment with it it's just a huge like kind of opening into this whole world so I mean I I'm just so excited to be hosting you and and to be learning from you now one of my big biggest questions for you, says is, you know, when you were working at MAC, like, um, what was, like, did you know, like, from the beginning that you wanted to go in this, like, pro direction? Like, what was your, like, what was your drive is really what I'm asking you, you know what I mean, like, if from the, the beginning?
1: You know, I love that question, because I, I wanted, I didn't know what I was signing up for. I just knew that I loved makeup, and this position became available, but I remember, having a a very like big insecurity because I had um, eczema and I have like very at that time it was worse but I have darkness around my mouth hyperpigmentation and I remember the first time that I actually even got into makeup was I didn't realize that I could put makeup around my mouth and cover it and then now I'm like embracing my features I have very like you know full lips and then when I would have clients that would come into the store, they would be like, oh, I can't wear red and I can't wear this and I can't wear that. And to me, that was a driving factor. Cause I was like, wait, who told who told you that? Who said that? So mm. I was just like, okay, well, you know, just that that interaction daily with people, just to make them feel just a little bit a little ounce more beautiful. Like that was my drive. Like I didn't necessarily think, like, oh, I'm gonna be a great educator, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. I was just like, oh, if these people couldn't leave feeling even more beautiful after like you know leaving my chair if i can give them a quick tip that they could do something at home and you know kind of like handle it on their own and feel good and look good then yeah. my job is done so i think that's kind of where my like excitement came came like sorry that's where my excitement rose because i was like oh i'm actually kind of good at this i didn't realize i was good at it naturally yeah. And then just like meeting people was always like a really I I love meeting people. And I think that that also being part of this industry is is a very like exciting part for me, because, you know, if you work in an office, you see the same people every day. But just meeting different people being, you know, different skin tones, just learning different things is exciting to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, and that makes sense because also, you know, I love what you said about making people feel good because that is such a crucial part of, like, the whole beauty industry, right? Like, I mean, obviously, like, we're talking here from the like, your perspective of, like, a professional makeup artist, but, like, even for me, just as a consumer, is like, when your makeup looks good or, like, you know, your skin looks good or something, like, you walk away feeling so good, you know, and you, it's like a whole, it's like you can take on the world all of a sudden. That's the real feeling and to bring that into people's lives I mean that's truly I mean for lack of a better term like a true art form you know so I really salute you for that and for having that as your driving force because there's so many makeup artists like I remember said, like being younger and going to like a Mac store and I wish I would have like run into someone like you because there were so many like I mean no no shade to anybody okay but like there were a lot of Caucasian people working there and I would always run into them and like like they try to do my makeup and it was just like not looking right like you know what I mean it was just like not, not working and so you know I had so many of those you know and I'm 36 so it was a different time and we were still learning at the I think at that point about you know shade matching and all this stuff right but it was still this experience that I thought I would have but I would never end up having even though I thought I was going to like the most professional place you know to get my makeup done um but then I also saw MAC evolve you know over the years where it was like okay now they really did hire the you know the best of the best and they had amazing people in there so I also like you know when I was an adult went in there tried it again and it worked so it's like this evolution happened very quickly is my point you know of like going from almost no options for women of color to like a ton right so it's like I want to ask you like how's your perspective on that like I know like with Rihanna bringing those 50 shades out for us that was huge revolutionary you know but like now when you look at it like do you still struggle with like doing certain makeup or do you think that we're at a good place now with that kind of stuff?
1: I would say that we are at a really good place, but uh, not every brand is at a very good place. You know, what Rihanna did was, you know, groundbreaking, the Fenty effect. Like, we can't deny the effect that Rihanna had on the industry because... I, I, you know, I'm a makeup artist. I worked at Mac. So I know that Mac always had shades for deeper skin, but Rihanna took it to another level. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. some people didn't want to, there was a point in time where some people didn't want to use Mac or they were like, oh, this this, is too much for my, whatever. Like they always had like an excuse, but I think, you know, obviously like Rih- Rihanna being Rihanna and the way that she marketed it, the way that she like really had the foundations and not just the foundations only but she continued to do it you see it with powders you see it with bronzers because sometimes a brand will be like oh well, we have exclusive shades or we have like very inclusive shades but then it's like oh but you only have like a couple extra foundations what about the powders what about the bronzers so I think what Rihanna does and what she continues to do is to set the standard which unfortunately some brands have not been able to um replicate or and i don't even think it's a replication because some of those brands have been existing way before um fenty and rihanna so yeah. i do think that we're in a good place because If the brand doesn't have a shade, then I'm just not going to use the brand. You know what I mean? I'm just going to use what's available. Like I don't expect, especially when it comes to smaller brands, like I have quite a few friends that are brand founders and I understand how expensive, especially complexion is to develop. But for me, I'm like, if if that was my position, I would obviously like make sure that I have a full range that still is light to the darkest and then fill in in between as opposed to doing like light to like medium, darkish, and then coming up with very dark, deep sh- shades um, a couple years later. But that's just my perspective. I do think that the industry, you know, in terms of other things, can do better. But when it comes to the actual like shade range, I do think we're in a good place. Like I can get, I, I can get several shades of color correctors, concealers. Like my I have a very full-range foundation kit, um, not foundation kit, but a full-range makeup kit that I work from. And I yeah. don't have any issues finding any shades with anything, to be honest.
0: I love that. I love that. And it's so, so heartwarming to know that that is where we're at now, because I, I agree with you. I mean, I can definitely find my shades now, you know, growing up, it was like three or four, right. It's like going to the drugstore and, and hoping that they had, like, I would always buy like a really dark shade and then try to mix in with the lighter ones. And it was like, you know, in a way it was kind of, I don't know I, I kind of liked it you know in a way because it was you could really shade match to the perfection like color mm-hmm. but I mean I'm, I am I agree with you I think that Rihanna what she did was just groundbreaking and it still is and you know that's really uh, one of my big questions for you is as a Caribbean woman and as a Caribbean black woman like what is like because she's also from the Caribbean right and I always noticed that like the trend and the trend setting is like off the charts with women that come from that area of the world like you guys are just like beautiful confident you know what you you know you know what you're doing you know what you want and I would love for you to get like I would love for you to give us that perspective of like you know when you um went into this world like what was your approach in the sense of like where you're from and keeping like your roots grounded you know what I mean if that makes any sense.
1: Yes, it does. and I, I really love that question. you know like I want to take it back to just when I was working at Mac I you know I had to work on a lot of Indian skin tones. so that's where I got my my it was that was boot camp for me. like I had to learn skin tones and I think that when I worked at the airport and I was exposed to so many different like types of people, like I had you know my Korean flights, Nigerian flights, like all these different types of people that you know, they're in a hurry. So I feel like the confidence obviously comes with skill, right? If I know what I'm doing, I know that I can speak to it with confidence. But then when it comes to just me and how I approach things, like I always think about where I come from. The village that I came from in Trinidad is St. Madeline. I have so many people rooting for me. I know if my grandmother will be so proud of me, but I think that, you know, we obviously want to see Sometimes like, like you said, when you go you when you went into a store when you were younger and you couldn't find like you know different makeup artists and you couldn't find help, if you would have find someone that maybe looked like you or sounded like you, you would have felt a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more confident. And I think as I take myself, you know, through different parts of my career, I that's what I want people to see. They want somebody that looks like them and even sounds like them, right? Because you don't hear a lot of people that sound like me, a Trinidadian woman. In, yeah. the industry, in, in the industry and in the U S and, and representing. So I really like always remember that because, you know, you come to New York, you live here for 10 years and your accent kind of like, and my accent, I'm, I mean, I know that I, it's not really all about my accent, but I always want to make sure people like I'm representing my home, you know, you yeah. might sound a little American. Sometimes I've been here for 10 years, but at the end of the day, like I remember where I come from and I remember like the people that are home might not have access so the things that you know that I talk about sometimes I'm like okay this is where like I try to always make sure that people that don't have the same access in the U.S. like I'm thinking about them too because I was once in that that position I wanted to know how to do things how to access information and obviously the landscape has changed and there's more available um, more accessibility but I always want to make sure that I'm, I'm thinking about the, the girl that, that was you know in Trinidad 10 years
0: ago. I love that and by the way I love your accent it like it, you know it's always for me I mean maybe because I, I spent some time in the Caribbean but I always just tell my friends who were from Trinidad like you know you just remind me of like for some reason there's this like connection there with like Indian people and like people from Trinidad because there are so yes. many Indian people in Trinidad you know what I mean like yeah well, mine- so, like Oh, sorry. Go
1: ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, my um, my grandmother was Indian, so JaiKaran is an Indian last name, and my mom just went to um. My, my mom went to India and I know they changed the name now but Calcutta like she wants us to go and like try to find our ancestors so I'm like kind of excited about it but that's a whole other conversation but yes it's it you know the Caribbean is
0: very everybody's mixed up mixed up everyone and- yeah and I love that because you know what that's what it is is like it gives you that it and the reason I said what I said was because it does give you that sense of like Oh my gosh, like I feel like you get me. You know what I mean? And even if it is something as small as like, you know, recognizing someone's accent or like what you said, you know, just recognizing someone in some way, shape, or form, you know, that brings more comfort, I think, than we we ever acknowledge. And I and that's a part of beauty that I think is not very talked about, you know. Like we we talk a lot about things like kind of what I opened up with with the shades and the different matching and stuff, but this level of comfort and this feeling of belonging is like such a deeper conversation. I feel like rather than just, you know, colors and, and all that, like, that's something that I think, um, you know, we really do need to touch upon more um, overall as an industry. I mean, what do you think about that? No, I absolutely
1: agree. Um, Because, you know, Black History Month just passed, and there's so many other things, you know, that, happens where it's like, yes, I obviously i am a Black woman, but throughout the year, throughout yeah, any to any month, any time, like I always want people to like, this is where I came from. I always have my flag in my bio, in any social platforms. So you could know that I'm always representing where I'm from because I don't know who is looking at me and who mightn't even know me at all. And just looking from afar that might be inspired. So I think it's important It doesn't just be like where you're actually from, but like who you are, the values that you hold, like it should really be able to, it should permeate in everything that you do. You know what I mean? Because you're you're inspiring.
0: No, exactly. I love that. I love, you know, how you articulated that because it's true. And you know, um, and also like I am very curious, like, you know, I have so many questions in the sense of like where are like what are your favorite like beauty products and like like your opinion of like what is good beauty? You know, I really want to like get an idea of that if you could like kind of walk us down that.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I use so many different products, right? But I yeah. do think a good beauty product is one that just works. It delivers on its promises. It's safe. It's easy to use. Like one thing that I always say that you know, price and quality is not mutually mutually exclusive. Like something being a higher price doesn't equate it to being a quality product. I won't necessarily get into like ingredients and things like that. But drugstore items, whether it's considered a dupe or not, like you know, it could be a, it could be a product that might be better than something you might find at Nordstrom or Sephora. Whereas like sometimes obviously like something you find at a, at a, you know, department store is, would be better. So I really just feel like a good beauty product. It just works. It doesn't need any crazy, I mean, endorsements and having celeb faces and all of that is perfectly fine. But I always think of brands like Dermalogica, right? I love Dermalogica's products. They have amazing products. they, their packaging is white they have no fancy anything and it works and people love it you know they don't have any crazy campaigns like I just love that brand um I mean and there's a lot of different brands that I I love and use and I guess we'll talk about that later but yeah it's just it's just products that works it doesn't need any other explanation or like fighting you to to believe it it's it just works
0: yeah, like the product speaks for itself. I totally hear you. I mean, it's. I think that's such a and that's such a like real answer and like candid answer. So I, I love that you said it like that because there's so many people that are gonna be like, well, I wanted to have like you know this ingredient and that, and it's just like, no bro. Like, why? <laughs> if you don't need All it, why? Right. I mean, Does it doesn't work though. <laughs>
1: yeah, like things but does it work
0: you know and especially like I feel like for me especially with brands like I relate so much to what you said because uh, you know again as uh, as women of color like things either work or they don't you know and the shit that does not work I don't want it you know what I mean I don't I don't need it I don't want it I don't want to support that brand you know why because you haven't done your homework and you haven't like tapped into the markets that are actually, or the people that are buying your products. So if a brand works, I mean, I think that by itself is also an indication of how inclusive are you? Right. Because if you're if you've done your homework as a brand and if you've really tapped into your mark, like populations that are buying the actual products, you'll know, you know, the demographic that's buying, you'll know about our skin concerns or whatever it might be. And you're going to do that homework. So I think it really goes hand in hand, you know, with that is like a product working is just it's something that is up to that brand. And, and we are as consumers like we have the right to say I mean if it works I'm behind you if it doesn't sorry bro there's 15 other options you know that I can choose from so I hear you you know yeah, no <laughs> um, um so I actually you know I am going to ask you about your favorite products you know that right because I mean obviously like <laughs> the makeup world how is-
1: long do we have for this <laughs> podcast so be three hours <laughs> um Is okay a, so I, have, how, I have so many i've been loving quite a few things lately um i probably like, maybe i'll give you five five yeah that's fine things. that's fine. it's it's, I, it's way more than five but I'll, I'll condense it so this one it's it's not a new product or anything amor pacific has um uh moisturizers a moisturizer, so rich cream um i don't know if you've uh have you ever used any of their skincare before amor oh yeah
0: I, I interviewed them very early on they're amazing um, I love yeah, everything private. Yeah. I
1: really love their time response. It's a little pricey, but the time <laughs> response, um, their skin reserve intensive cream, really, really love that. Um, it's just very emollient. Um, it feels great on my skin. Anytime I feel a little bit dull, I use that. Um, also, I love Beauty Stat. I know uh, we've both spoken to Ron. He's so amazing, but his Universal um, Microbiome uh, Cleanser. It's so amazing. Um, I really love emollient cleanser. I love something that um, is very creamy. Um, That one is really good. It has antibacterial and antiviral properties. And I really believe in BeautyStat because, you know, obviously people listen to the podcast. Ron has so much experience with, you know, his years as a cosmetic chemist. So, like, I trust in anything that BeautyStat does. And then I, this one, I've only been using for like a week or so, but I do have the road peptide lip balm um and i really like it i was like oh this is nice i'm very picky with my lip balms i've tried and thrown away tons of them so um, that, and I do love um, La Roche-Posay. Um, I am an eczema girly. So I have, um, sometimes my skin can t- tend to act up. So the, the AP line is so good. The, you know, the moisturizer that you can use on your face and your body in the big. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah sure. I use the
1: cleanser as well. Um, I really love that. And then I would, um, another, I would say maybe another body product. Um this one is just something that I like because it smells really good. But Floor, um, they have fragrances. They have a miss in person um, shower gel that I really love because it just makes me feel like, you know, I use my La Roche and I use those all these things that are fragrance free. And then sometimes I just want to have like a bit of a moment in the shower. Um, and I really like their, um, their shower gel. It's really nice.
0: That's so cool. I love that. I love that you told us our our body products because I'm always like screaming from the rooftops about how we need to expand on body care. Like we really, really need more options in body care. Absolutely. And also, I agree with you about Beauty and Ron. Oh my gosh, huge shout out to Ron. We love you. We both love you. I mean, I love everything he does. And honestly, like with Rode too, you know, he's really shown his like light in that brand as well. And I I have yet to try Rode Beauty actually, you know? So I'm very- yeah, I have, I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm going to for sure because I support him so much as well. And I think that you know, again, you know, he's coming from this perspective of not only like is he just a guru in terms of chemistry, but he's also like vi- like I remember when I interviewed him, he was very about like I want he wanted to make something that was makeup friendly, like that's specifically yes. like he like he was talking about that, and I absolutely love that he did that because like the under eye cream and like you know everything is just so makeup friendly. And that's really one of the questions I do have for you is that when you're, you know, like, for example, like, I know we all have our routines, right? Like at night, like we can put whatever we want on our face, but then when you're actually doing makeup and you're working with your clients, I mean, are there skincare products that you really like to utilize in your, um, your artistry? I mean, if you could tell us about that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, oh my gosh. Well, the thing is, right. It really depends on what I'm doing. If it's a photo shoot, if it's a client on a red carpet, if it's a client on TV, like it really depends. I have a very, very large skincare um, kit in my like in my pro makeup artist kit because. I'd have to be prepared for every single situation. So yeah. it really depends. Like if I'm on set for a photo shoot, I will, I will not use any primer, any kind of spray, anything like that, because I'm not concerned about the makeup lasting. But some of the products that I do carry and that I love, I use the Charlotte Tilbury Magic Cream. Um, I use the Lancome Genifique. Um, I use primers um, and products from Milk Makeup. I love the Pore Eclipse. Um, I use, um, I even use primers for NYX, by the way, the shine killer. I really love that one as well. Um, oh use, um quite a few different lip balms, everything from Anastasia to Laneige to uh, lush lip service, which is one of my favorites. Um, and oh my gosh. Oh, and I actually really love Beekman 1802. Oh my God. I am obsessed with Beekman. 1802. Oh my God. Yes. I, okay, please. This is like, I know it's so much products that I love that I just can't even like think off the top of my head, but I do love the fact that, cause I, although I'm not gluten-free with my products, I did go gluten. I've been gluten-free and dairy-free for like a while now. So yeah. sometimes I'm like, okay, let me see what products is out there. And their products always make my skin feel amazing. They have the, um, the vitamin C. I really love, um, the moisturizer, the bloom cream. Um, I love their eye serum. It's very lightweight. It's really, really good. Um, oh, my God. And um, I also love Peter, Peter, Peter Thomas Roth. They have a new primer, um, oh, yeah. the Firm X. I, remember, I don't know if you remember that viral moment with the eye, with the lady. Oh, yeah. Uh, they yeah. have a primer for the face now. So all of those things, it's like, OK, who am I dealing with? What type of client was their skin like? So that's it's and it's exciting to me because I get to try more products but not on myself, you know, I can't try all the products on my face because I don't want to mess up my, my, my skin barrier. But um, yeah, those are just some of the things that I could think of um, at the top of my head. And, I've, and, you know, when it comes to, I guess this is more makeup, but when it comes to like sprays and stuff, I love my Caudalie. I love uh, Laura Mercier, not Laura Mercy, um, uh Charlotte Tilbury for setting and One Size for setting as well
0: love that i love that also yes beekman um 1802 love love that brand like literally obsessed as well so i hear you like <laughs>
1: 100% cute.
0: like to the power of goat right like goats are just amazing like the goat milk is like one of my hero ingredients I feel like in skincare at this point like it's just like everything by that's made with some sort of goat milk in it works really really well and Beekman is just phenomenal I would love for you to do a collab with them I would like be here for that that would be amazing <laughs>
1: we'll see we'll see oh and then just to I mean I feel like I need to say this but the uh, SPFs that I really have been I mean I've this I've used these for a while but the industry the daily uh UV, it's it's so inexpensive it's $15 it works it looks great on their makeup and I've also been using the Shishado stick for a while now um Ooh. the SPF stick have you tried that one it was like no viral. it's been it was viral on TikTok and I, you couldn't you can get it anywhere but now um i actually f- um I actually found it a while ago it's the synchro shield um mm. yeah and it comes in a stick and it's for face and body and it's um it's yeah, it's in a blue and a yellow thing i'll send you i'll send it to you so you can check it out
0: Oh, oh, my gosh, yeah, I need to check it out, because I, I always struggle with sunscreen and SPF when it comes to makeup, because yeah. it's hard, you know, and also, like, with SPF, it's, like, either it's too sticky, or it's not working for me with makeup, or, you know, whatever the case might be, but I have, my skin is very finicky, too, though, so. <laughs> Um, but that's so cool. I love that. I love those products. I mean, I always ask, you know, from the artistry perspective, because I think that, you know, we're really embarking on this like new tr- like wave now, right? Of like makeup brands saying we're skincare infused and all this. But I mean, I'm one of those, maybe, you know, call me a traditionalist, tra- uh, sorry, traditionalist, mm-hmm. if I could speak. Um, <laughs> but I'd like my skincare and my makeup to be separate. And I because I think that there's a purpose and I've just found it to be easier, but um, you know. I, I want to ask you, though, like for people, especially with us coming up on spring and summer months, I mean, this is a very relevant topic um, for that this time frame. Right. And I want to get your advice on if we want to do our makeup like, you know, just an everyday kind of glam. Um, what are like some tips you have with like incorporating the right kind of sun protection and stuff, for, especially for women of color?
1: Oh, I mean, any season, um, when it comes to spring though, I think it's a good time to maybe switch out to like a lighter a lighter weight moisturizer. Um, yeah. and obviously a lightweight um SPF as well. I know a lot of people love this Supergoop because it kind of it kind of feels like a primer and it kind of works like a primer a, a, a little bit because the makeup glides on so smoothly and because of the texture and the obviously the formula it's kind of silicony. Um but I will say, I, yeah, that's, once your skincare is on point, I feel like for spring, you could do anything else. Like you can start doing like colored liner, you could do like, you know, some colored, even mascara. I love cream blush, um, Say Beauty, Danessa Myricks um a lot of different brands uh, rare beauty of course everybody loves rare but anything that like makes the skin look very dewy and light I think is a good time to transition into kind of just playing with more color but just making sure that your um your skin prep is on point because it doesn't matter it, I feel like once you have your skin down you could add you could do whatever else like so if you find that oh maybe I need more coverage, so the dewy light fresh coverage isn't for me. I think you can still achieve that by just doing like a lightweight, um, like a a skin tint, then using a full coverage concealer only where you need it, and then sp- 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 uh, using a setting spray in between layers. So that way you Ooh. do get that longevity. You do get that still fresh face without feeling like okay, oh my god, it's getting hotter. It's all of these things, and I have this full face of makeup on. Or even if you're lazy, I would do you know, your skin prep, make sure your skin is nice and like hydrated and emollient, then going in with um, just concealer and then like a powder foundation, maybe like the new Maybelline Super Stay. Um, and you have a light fresh, because you don't want to feel when you're you know you're going outside and you start sweating more and all these things, you don't want to feel like you have on too much makeup. So that's a good way to circumvent. you know, um, you know, feel like you have too much on, but still being able to like play around with like different makeup and not feel
0: like you're wearing too much. Right. No, absolutely. And I think that's solid advice. I love that you said the um the setting spray in the in between because I had never I've never done that before. I need to try that. Um because yeah. my problem is always like in the summer, it's like oily, oily o- like skin everywhere. You know what I mean? Oil production is like off the charts and I'm always struggling <laughs> with my yeah, makeup. I- so I need
1: Oh sorry, I was just gonna say do it before before um do it after skincare, um, after foundation and then after powder
0: or after okay. like
1: and then you could just DM me. <laughs> DM me. At yeah. A- I mean, a- yeah, right?
0: I'm like, I'm just going to you know, ask. I'm doing my makeup. Like, do you I think it's it's really interesting, though, because I think every makeup artist has like, you know, like their staple or their technique, you know, and, and I really want to ask you, like, along the way, have you kind of found yourself doing things like in specific ways, like other, I know the setting spray thing, but like, um, you know, just different techniques you've kind of found to work for you? Or do you think it's kind of, it's very different for each client?
1: It's very different for each client, but I will say that I find myself when I'm doing makeup on somebody else. I don't, the brush that I put the product on your face with, I don't use that brush to blend. So, mm. and it's kind of weird, but I, and I, I actually have never even posted about this on my TikTok as well, but I know me and my, uh, one of the girls that work with me on set, I was like, oh yeah, I actually always have two brushes in my hand. Because the thing is, if you take a, your brush And you put foundation, like you spritz, like you put foundation on it, you pump it and you put that on your face. That brush is very saturated with product and it's not dry and nice and it just can't buff out anything because now it's just soaking wet with product and those bristles are not going to buff the product out. So I always have a separate brush that I'm actually blending the product with. And obviously some people use sponges and things like that but I sometimes like that I can have more of a pinpoint application with, um, with the brush, as opposed to like using a sponge. I don't really use sponges on clients as much unless I'm giving it to them. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I always use a different brush and the way that you can do that, instead of, you know, if you're at home and you're like, well, I don't have so many brushes, you don't use the brush to put the product on your face. You either use a spatula, you use your finger, you use the back of a brush, you use anything but the bristles. And then you use the dry brush to blend the product out.
0: Interesting. I didn't know that. So I've been doing makeup wrong this whole time. I'm, I'm glad I that
1: think I... Wrong. <laughs> I just feel like I get a smoother application. Because like, think of a wet brush and then yeah. take some time to like blend product with it. It's just dragging more product. It's not necessarily blending. It's blending, but it's going to take longer. So you can't yeah. dry.
0: No, you know what's crazy though is that you just like opened my eyes because I swear I couldn't, ne- I've never been able to use brushes for my foundation. Like, and I think this is why. <laughs> I never yes. even thought about it. <laughs> like this is why because I do that I just use the brush like I'll put my product on the actual brush itself and then I'll try to use that same brush to buff it out and I'm just like "Uh -uh, no this is not looking right like Mm -hmm. so I always go in with a sponge because I'm like oh gosh I have to fix this but I think I'm going to try this because this might be the the solution to that problem um Mm -hmm. you know why I'm having that issue but wow I didn't know that (laughs) very cool (laughs) I love that. Now I want to ask you, Lisa. I want to come back to you, you know, and your just, you know, just amazing like work over the years. Like I want you to tell us some like of your of your stories, you know, of like just I guess you could call them. I always call them like war stories. Um, you know, whenever I ask people this, but like just for inspiration, um, for all of the the aspiring makeup artists out there, just you know, to learn about what things you've encountered along the way or moments that really stood out to you in your career, so far.
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so many. I mean, we should have thought of this beforehand, but um, no, but I wanted it to be candid. So I would definitely say like, you have to really just put yourself out there for any opportunity. You just never know what you're going to learn. Um, there was a point in time. So I used to work full-time at Mac and I, because it was in the airport, we used to work. The store was open like 20 hours a day. So mm-hmm. I would be there till sometimes at midnight, but the fun part about that is that my days off were, was during the week. So I was assisting during the week and there was one point in time I was assisting a particular artist and uh, there was a celebrity shoot that we were on for a magazine cover. It was a big deal. It was a September issue. You know, September is fashion month. Like, yeah. so we were there and the, the, the talent was six hours late. And I'm consistent. I can't sit there. I can't complain. I did. This is. I gotta sit down and just wait for this person. You know. I gotta. You know. Do what I have to do and be on point. But you know, the the person came. The shoot went well. We were there honestly until like about f- almost four a.m. But this is what happened. They ordered pizza for us, and mm. I didn't have any allergies at the time. But I guess this was an inkling to what was gonna happen. But um, I broke out in hives.
0: Oh no, and the
1: shoot was already so tense that I did not say anything to my key artist because I already knew that that person was already so stressed out, and I wasn't going to add stress on top of what was already going on. So I am low key like freaking the f out. Yeah. And I have- what the hell, because this never happened to me, and I still have to be on set, like, making sure that I'm on point, and I'm paying attention, and I'm helping, because, I mean, I kind of just be like, oh, I got to leave, go to um CBS real quick, like, unless it was life or death, and I had any type of, you know, any type of, like, allergies, but I was just like, girl, just push through, drink some water, and I just, and I share that story, because it's, sometimes it's just like, you would be put into the fire sometimes. You might be put into situations that might not be ideal. Ideally, I would have liked to be in my bed at that time, but it was an experience. I wanted to be there. I wanted to learn. And then sometimes things are going to happen. You're not going to complain or be upset about it because, Oh my God, the person was six. I was like, okay. And this is person is a celebrity. Like, they do what they do, you know, and you're just yeah. going to have to roll with the punches and make it work. So um, that's, yeah, that's one. And then I think just, you know, the only thing I can really think of right now is honestly like, you know, sometimes I always say this, like I was working at, you know, I was working at Mac and I was also freelancing part-time on my days off. And I always tell people like, if you have a job, if you have, you know, everybody wants to leave their job. And I feel like this kind of business hustler, entrepreneur mentality about just leave your job. I'm like, listen, make sure that your bills are paid. I used to, when I would leave work, I would sometimes get home at 2 a.m. or sometimes I would have to leave home at like 3 30 in order to get to work for like four I have to clock in by 4 45 so sometimes the situation that you might be in right now is not ideal you have to get up you have to travel two hours to work you have to do whatever but like at the end of the day like fill your mind with positive things keep reminding yourself why you love what you you love and what you're doing why you're doing what you're doing because it's only temporary like it might not be the, you know fun and you might be sad about it but just continue to push through because you just never know what's on the other side just don't give up that's the big thing just don't give up
0: I love that. And wow, more power to you, man. That's a lot. That's really hard to get through is like if you're having an actual reaction and you just have to like mind over matter kind of thing, right? Like it's, that's, that's so it's it's very inspiring to hear that you were you did that because that's really hard to do and i love what you said about you know pushing through and really doing what you know that you have to do to get to where you want to be i think no one says that anymore and it really bothers me because i kid you not like i see so many youth now Julisa. like i literally want to just grab them and shake them and be like do you understand hard work like right. well matter. i want to clarify like
1: obviously if you're sick and you feel like you're gonna pass out like I don't oh yeah this be like no don't say anything but I knew that in that point it wasn't really that serious like even though I'm like okay it's hives like I've had that happen to me years before so I'm like okay it's not the end of the world but like you know obviously like don't if you feel like you really need to like call a doctor please do that but yeah I just feel like you know things we can't expect things to come to us and this is my thing you can't expect to be rewarded for the work that you never did you know and that's just in every in every part of your life, you can't expect to get abs if you don't go to the gym. You can't expect to be healthy if you don't like do what you're supposed to do. So, yeah,
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree with you. If you have a medical emergency, like you don't, that's not what we're talking about here. You know, get the medical help. But like, that's no, I mean, true. it's just the it, It's the concept of you know, it's the it's the idea and it's the essence of what you said. And I hundred percent agree with you. I think that work ethic is something that is just so valuable and you know I've talked about this before on the podcast but even in real life just with friends like how you know I when I interview people or if I even you know go on an interview right like I always highlight like the hard work component because I feel like no one talks about it anymore like you know at the end of the day like if you had if I had a choice between hard work and talent I would pick hard work every single day because that like even if you don't have the talent for something you can develop it over time if you just put the time and energy and dedication into what you love you know and I think that the youth nowadays like they really need to hear that message because I I can't tell you how many times I, I hear them just say well I just deserve to do this I'm like yeah sure you might you might I'm not saying you don't deserve it but I think that there's so much value in valuing hard work and understanding its role in your overall success as a human being. So, you know, I'm uh, I'm a huge believer in everything you said. I think that, you know, we don't talk about it enough, especially like now in the beauty industry, there's so much like just you know you can just get on tiktok and that's going to be like your claim to fame but then no one talks about like you know what's happening behind the scenes like a lot of the your favorite influencers for everyone listening out there you know they're actually like working like a real job you know what i mean they're doing tiktok and other things so you know that's also why i'd asked you is like you know it's it's not it's about the hustle at the end of the day so you know i'm i'm yeah. with it. <laughs> uh but Julissa, this has been so wonderful you're amazing and i really love everything you do i love your videos and you actually teach me so much every time i watch your video i'm just like oh i love how she did that and also for everyone listening she is literally like lauren hill lookalike like the be- <laughs> like literally i've never seen someone look like lauren hill and i'm the biggest fan of lauren hill like i literally grew up listening to her music and i remember her your latest video, Lisa, with when you where you did the transformation, love it. It it was epic. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. I just felt like we were having like a, a, a personal phone call.
0: So this is great. No, likewise, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I would love to have you back anytime you have the time. And for everyone listening, I really want you guys to chime in. Let us know, you know, what are some of your thoughts about the beauty industry, about beauty in general? If you have any questions for Jalisa, could definitely pass them along to her, you know. Um. But I we would just love to hear from from you in general. So, you know, leave us some comments, some feedback, and I will be back next time. Bye, thank you.